Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. Mike and Joe here bringing you this week's episode on Tuesday, September 19th. We're recording it probably by the time we're done, a little past 8 Eastern in the evening. So a little later than we usually do it time-wise, but still on the earlier end of the week. So any news, obviously we won't catch it, but based on the stuff we're talking about today, I feel like we'll have a little lull of news from the Pokemon end. So I think we should be in good shape. But regardless, hopefully you are having a great week so far. Hopefully you've been able to play the DLC. Um, Joe, you've been able to play the DLC. How, how has it been for you? I finished the main story, and I just gotta finish the decks. Do you, do you did you enjoy it? Uh, for the most part, I enjoyed the story of stuff. Um, I thought the expansion of new Pokemon was a little lackluster. It was just basically the story mons and like one new Pokemon that didn't really have a story. Yeah, there were a total of seven new Pokemon. Let's see the loyal three. Oh, the loyal three. Uh, well, we can't. I don't. I don't know if you want to talk about all of them, but it's. Uh, it might be eight. Might be eight. You have the loyal three. You have Diplin, so that's four. You have the box art. You have the box art Ogre Pond. That's five. You have Polcha Polcha guy that evolution line. So that's six yeah. seven. And then the only one that was not revealed in the trailer is one that we won't say because, you know, some people still haven't gotten to it yet necessarily. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah, I thought those a little I thought there are more new ones in the previous DLCs that we've had. Um, I don't I don't actually know if there were. It, it, I agree. It, it felt like there were. But like like the DLC with Urshifu and stuff. I mean, I think the Isle of Armor was a bit was it? Wait, which one was first? Oh, Isle of Armor was first. Isle of Armor was the smaller one. It it really was just Urshifu and like Galarian Slow King. Or was it Slow Bro? One of the one of the Slow Bros. Part of the Slow Poke line. Slow King. There really wasn't a whole lot past it. There was a couple of new G Max forms. But I felt like <clears throat> I don't know. This has been the problem I've had with Scarlet and Violet. We don't need to go down a whole rabbit hole of this necessarily, but I think that Scarlet and Violet did a really good job of 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 making the world feel a little more open. However, it feels kind of empty. And that's something that Pokemon's going to have to figure out, and they will. But I, I felt like in this DLC, like you said, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the story characters. Ogre Pond is awesome. I love that little guy. It's awesome. However, I have not completed the decks. I haven't even caught all the new Pokemon. And I, I haven't felt any real want to. Because I feel like the DLC area is kind of lifeless. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of just there. Uh, the Poultry Geist is really nice. It is. And like I said, they're, they're cool. They're cool. And some of them I want to shiny hunt, but I just feel like there is something empty about Scarlet and Violet for me in comparison to other titles. And we've talked about how both you and I are bigger fans of Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. I don't, may, and maybe it is the performance issues, right? I try. I, I typically, graphics are not the be all end all for me, but maybe the poor performance really is getting to me. I'm not sure. <laughs> 
Because sometimes it is a pain to play the game. But, I mean, the new Pokemon are cool. So, obviously, whether you buy the DLC or not, you'll eventually find those Pokemon. And they're pretty awesome. Uh, the Ogre Pond's sweet. The characters are sweet. So, hopefully, you're enjoying the DLC. Because I know a lot of people are. More Pokemon is is the formula, right? And they're they're always doing that. I'm really looking forward to see how the Indigo Disc looks for DLC 2. Because... The Crown Tundra was worlds better than the Isle of Armor, if I recall, correct? Because uh, that had the Dynamax Adventures. So. It had yeah. the new Reggies. It had the new Birds. Yeah. Like, it was all legendary focused. And there was more to do. Like, like in this DLC, there's a minigame. But once you finish the story, you're kind of done. Like, you're kind of just back to Scarlet and Violet. Whereas with at least the Count Crown Tundra, and I don't recall the Isle of Armor having anything, you were just kind of done. Like, there was more to do, right? We did those Dynamax adventures for at least a couple weeks, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping they bring us back something like that in the second one. Um, but overall, I had a very average experience with it, but I loved the Pokemon, so I do want to end on that note. But hopefully you've been able to play it. Um, we have an event we'll talk about. We have some news, so we'll kind of get going into it. Before we do that, Joe, how are you doing today? Um, I'm feeling okay. But I, okay kind of, is well, okay. Yeah, I woke up kind of like, I don't know, just tired and mopey. In a funk? Yeah. But you're feeling better? As bad as best as I can get right now. That's fair, that's fair. Some days are just like that, so I... <laughs> I get that. And you're playing cards this week? Uh, I'm trying to, yeah. So you'll probably play Pokemon tomorrow, being Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then any One Piece stuff this week? Played yesterday. I went two and two with that. And then I'm not... Friday's in the balance right now. Mm, okay. Do you work this weekend? No. I got people coming into town, and I don't know when they're coming in. That can impact things definitely yeah that could definitely impact things well i mean i'm glad to hear it's okay okay is better than not okay um glad to hear you get cards playing this week and yeah just glad overall so we can get rolling into this stuff so over the weekend there was one event we had an event in i just had it up a special event in barcelona I had just under 600 players so a decently sized spe typically the spes i feel like aren't very filled in this event uh rapid strike urshifu ended up taking it and anything notable toward did get fifth uh he's still playing guard for there were three lost box decks i i mean i guess four can i uh, can i count lost this guy played lost zone charizard that's a thing I get. Is it a common thing? Is it common? No. We don't know what's common yet. I guess that's true. I mean, this is literally just Lost Box with a 3-3, a 3-0-3 Charizard line. Plays three rare candies. You've got all your other Lost Box pieces. Um, Plays a low Mirage Gate count because Charizard searches out the energy on its own. Uh, it, It seems pretty straightforward, so I imagine it works just fine. Clearly, it got third. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me is Rapid Strike winning the event 
And if I recall, in Yokohama, Rapid Strike got top four as well. But I feel like we didn't see it a ton in Pittsburgh. I feel like the, yeah. the world outside of NA appreciates Rapid Strike a little more than the NA players do. Yeah, well, I think that we are also a very heavy Lugia meta. We have kind of bounced back to that. Yeah. I It, it is interesting how different the metas are. Because, I mean, there was a Lugia in top four in SPE. We don't know the full numbers of how many there were. And Lugia got second place and fifth place in Yokohama. So, like, these Rapid Strike decks are working their way around them, but I know it's not a great matchup. And you've, you've played it a lot more than I have, and you, you're usually pretty low on the Lugia matchup, right? Yeah, the Lugia matchup is not really good for Rapid Strike. What makes it so difficult? Um, usually, like, the, the, you... So Rapid Strike usually tries to take some early cheeky knockouts, and it's really hard to do that with the Lugia on the active, typically. Um, spreading 120 is fine, but Archeops are 130. Striping it would be fine. It, there's a lot of just different math to be moving around and fixing, and it becomes a pain in the butt. And Whereas now Lugia you... essentially just two shots you no matter what. Yeah. And then some of the Lugias typically run... Um, Radiant Serena. Okay, so you're you're they're fixing those numbers. Yeah. I mean, is there even any way? Is there even a way Lugia can one shot you now? Uh, the base V's, yes. I'm talking just like if you're set up right. There's no way they can climb to those high HPs of the V maxes. No. So I guess that's going for you. But I, I understand what you're saying. You're like the math the math just doesn't it's, work the, the out the way hard. you want. Yeah. Plus they also use V Guard energy, which is also more fixing. And I mean, to your point, the fact that Archeops is one thirty is a killer to the math. Yes. So I guess that makes sense. That that does make sense. So Rapid Strike did well. We've seen Lost Box. Charizard will continue to be experimented with. Uh, I mean, in terms of what's upcoming for us, there is a regional this weekend in Brazil. Now, the next NA one will not be till October 7th in Peoria. Um, so it'll be two weeks away from when this episode comes out. We'll get a little more information. I'm curious to see if Rapid Strike does well in Brazil. Just, just because I feel like it's been kind of a, a better play worldwide opposed to NA. And I'm curious to see how it does there. Because really... Uh, it, it doesn't fit the style that I feel like a lot of NA players match up to. I feel like in our area, we're going to see a lot of loss zone, a decent amount of Lugia right now. Maridon is picking up pretty pretty heavily, I feel like. I yeah. mean, would you would you be shocked if in Peoria, Maridon was a pretty big percentage? Uh, if it was bigger, no. Yeah, it's uh, even our locals that people are talking about playing more Maridon right now. It's just getting more and more tools. And with 151, it gets better. Which, I mean, we're getting that pretty soon. Mm. When are we getting one of 151? Why am I? When are we getting that? 
We're getting that pretty soon, are we? It's a mini set. I've been so busy. I haven't even. Yeah, we're getting. We're getting. We're getting 151 product this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, it literally comes out this week. I knew it was end of September, but I had a complete brain fart. Good luck finding any. Well, okay. Yeah, because it's only in the sealed ETBs and stuff, right? I mean. Yeah. yeah okay. And I think those are like made to order most of them. Yeah, they probably are. So. 151 comes out this weekend, which is pretty relevant because now Mew EX will start to come into the meta. Um, based on that, 151 will also be legal in Peoria because it's two weeks, correct? Yeah. Which, so that's a, that's a pretty noted. That's a pretty notable change coming up. Yeah, which makes uh, Moridon better because you Way have access better. to Zapdos and you have access to Mew. Way better, absolutely. I think Mew alone is massive for Maridon. I, I have been really impressed with the way Maridon's been aging over time. Again, feels more like how Picaram, not not nearly as dominant as Picaram, but just kind of a deck that existed near the top at the beginning, faded off for about six months, and now we're talking about it again, especially with Lukia getting played more. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I'm excited to see how Maridon changes because I didn't like it before because it was just Maridon, Regilecki, big boom, boom. I, I do one thing. But uh -huh. I feel like Maridon now is about to get a lot more flexible. And that that's always more towards my play style anyway. So I'm excited. Peoria is going to be an exciting event. So that's pretty cool. So 151 is coming out. Obviously, that's notable. Um, in terms of tournament news, that's pretty much it. There's nothing really crazy coming out. We're getting a Jirachi V box. No one really cares about it. It's just Jirachi V. So nothing really crazy there. Um, we have gotten four full reveals of the Mewtwo EX and Skeledurge EX decks. There's not really a whole lot of stuff to talk about there either. We talked about most of those cards before in previous weeks. A lot of the stuff that's been revealed is stuff that we have talked about. The only new collection of news is all of Raging Surf has been revealed. Typically, when we get sets that have been fully revealed, there's really only about five or six cards that haven't been shown off. And most of them are non-multi-prizers, which is not a bad thing. So I'm going to go through the ones that I believe are relevant that we haven't gone over. And I'm going to kind of see what you think of them. Because I think there's a few that may pique your interest. Have you gotten a chance to look at this very much? No, but we'll take a look at it. I mean, I did skim through it, but I didn't recognize anything off the bat. Cool. All right. Well, let's start with the first one. I want to see what you think of this. First one is Octillery. Octillery is a stage one water type with 110 HP. has the ability Suction Draw. Once during your turn, when you play this card from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon, draw three cards. For one water and a colorless smoke bomb, 60 damage, and during your opponent's next turn, when the defending Pokemon tries to attack, flip a coin. If tails, that attack fails. Weak to lightning and a retreat of two. Obviously, Octillery giving you draw on evolution is great, um, but we are also getting Pokemon retrieval from this set. I think it's this set. Let me go back and look. Because we talked about it last week. So if, if Octillery has the ability to be picked up multiple times, 
as a supporter, right? It's not an item. How do you how do you feel about this card? Um, no, still no, not we, gonna do it. No, we've had lines like this before. Recently, they haven't made any sense. If we had scoop it's, up net, it's let's scoop up net. It's a good scoop up net target, but we don't have it. Right, we don't. And I feel like we're really not gonna get scoop up net for a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel like the next time we see scoop up net, it's going to straight up just be an A spec, right? Probably. Like, I, I can't think of a world where we where we really get anything else for that, because when, when scoop up net was around, it was incredibly strong and incredibly frustrating and made things pretty difficult. So I was just curious to see what you think, because the, the draw evolution cards are always interesting. But you're not going to play it in GLC because Abyssal Hand is stronger because it stays there and effectively is is more impactful because you could continuously use the ability. And in Standard, you're still running the Rapid Strike one, correct? Yeah. So well, I'm playing Rapid Strike, yeah. Right, and that's really the only place you're playing Octillery. So... In terms of what it offers, it's an interesting card, and I wanted to bring it up because it was a cool ability. But outside of that, pretty much it. All right, let's move to the next card. The next card on the list that I wanted to talk about, there, there are a few of these cards that are decent little one-prizers. Like, like okay, Glissopod, 140 HP water type stage one. The real relevant thing here is Power Cross for one water energy, 20 damage for each card in your opponent's hand. Does that make it into a Chien Pao list? Like, I, I don't I, think it does, but but could it? Yeah, it could, but I don't know. I would much prefer uh, the Palkia. Right, which we talked about last week, and Palkia does more damage if your opponent's prize cards are, are outweighing yours. And if you're using that one prizer, usually you're using it because you're behind. Correct. And and 160 compared to, you know, probably on average 80 for one energy, mm-hmm. Palkia definitely outclasses it. Yeah. But that that's another they're the only other really relevant water type. We get a, a little duo, and I always I always underestimate these cards. So I'm gonna say them, and you might be like, this is trash, but I feel like I always get this stuff wrong. Um Plusle and Minin. Plusle is a 70 HP lightning type basic, and for two colorless, it does damage plus. 10 damage for each damage counter on your opponent's active Pokemon. Minin, 70 HP, still an electric type, has the ability Buddy Pulse. If you have Plusle in play, whenever your opponent attaches an energy from their hand to one of their Pokemon, put two damage counters on that Pokemon. You cannot apply more than one Buddy Pulse at a time. Its attack doesn't matter. The real combo here is Buddy Pulse and Damage Plus. Is is this like a relevant little cheeky deck? Uh, I wish it was. If you could stack mine in, yes. You can stack mine in, no. I agree with that. I just I thought it was underwhelming, but I'm always wrong with these. I always think they're terrible, and then like a month later, people are like, "Dude, it's not that bad." No, that last line really killed it. 
Yeah, be limiting it. I mean, I guess what? You have four on the field. Effectively, you should have two plusle and four mining. Or probably three mining and a mana fee. You know, something of that sort. Mm-hmm. So you'd be putting six damage counters per energy attachment, which would make plusle actually scale decently. I agree. I agree. If it if it didn't limit itself to buddy pulse, it'd be it'd be something you could run at a local and it would actually be relevant. As of now, unfortunately, it's just two little mouse looking dudes. Next up, we do have a multi-prizer. I don't remember if we talked about this one, so forgive me. I went back and listened and I could probably have missed it. I'm gonna say it anyway. Did we talk about Tapacoco? EX. Uh, We're going to talk about it anyway. If we did it, I forgot about it because. I don't think we did. It was the cover of the post, too. So I bet we didn't. Tapacoco EX, Lightning type, 210 HP. This is a multi prizer for today. For one Lightning and a Colorless, Revenge Shock, 30 plus 90. If any of your Pokemon were knocked out by an opponent last turn. They are also paralyzed, so it does the revenge that we've seen a million times, 120, and it paralyzes your opponent. For two lightning and a colorless, extreme current, 180, discard an energy from this Pokemon. Weak to fighting and a retreat of one. Really, the relevancy here comes into, do you play this, or can you play this in Maraidon? I don't see why you couldn't. Well, it's more of like, Fine. is Raichu and Maraidon just going to outclass Tapacoco every single time? Uh, probably. That's the question here, because the paralyzing is very nice. Um, I feel like this is an instant one-of if it had free retreat. Yes, yeah. Uh, the fact that it has no re- zero re- or one retreat causes, no bueno. And, and you have Flaffy, so like energy... Recursion is not the most difficult thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go ahead and say it's terrible, but I, I'm trying to think of if I'm building a Maridon and I have this card in my hand, am I really going to put this down instead of building a Raichu, instead of putting down another Maridon, or would I just rather have those guys? Because, or, or like Raikou, would I typically just want Raikou instead? More than likely. Well, Raikou has utility by drawing. As utility by drawing, and it's consistent damage. It's consistent pressure. Whereas Coco, I guess you could say you could revenge shock into extreme current and probably knock out most Pokemon. Uh-huh. And you're paralyzing them. There. Yes. There might be a world where that's practical. There might be. So I'm, I'm not going to sleep on that card yet. I think it could make its way into a list. I don't know if it'll be a mainstay, but I, I think you saw this in a tournament a tournament deck that finished well. I I don't think I would be super shocked. So I like that card a lot. As we go down the list, there's cards we've mentioned that are decent. You know, Baby Groudon is a card people have been talking about. We've gone over Hoopa EX. We've gone over Minier. Flamigo's another one of those weird ones like Gullisapod, where it's like, could you tech it? It's a basic with 110, and its big attack is for a fighting and colorless. It does 20 plus 20 for each of your opponent's benched Pokemon. You're probably doing 80 pretty consistently. Is that enough with weakness? No, unless you're using those special glasses. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's it's like it, it it's an attack that looks like it'd be teched in, especially because it's a basic. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a decent GLC card. Probably. It may, yeah, maybe. I think I think it could be tested. It's not like incredible, but it's just one of those cards that catches your eye. Like, oh, all right, it, it checks some boxes, but nothing nothing crazy. Mm-mm. We keep moving down the list. Uh, we've talked about Jirachi. Man, I, they keep printing terrible Zacian and Aegis Slash cards. Aegis Slash is a stage two. It's immune to damage from EXs and V, just straight up. But it's a stage two, so do you care? No. Like, not really. And Zacian does the same crap every time. Two metal and a colorless Brave Blade for 130, and you can't attack next turn. It's first attack, you... For one metal, hit for 30 and attach a metal from your discard. Like, why do they keep printing terrible Zacian cards? I don't know. I mean, and the the multi-prizers have always been good, but the single-prizers are always horrid. Yeah, you know, you gotta balance the universe somehow, right? Fair enough. You got an Orthworm. Its big draw is, for one metal and two colorless, Sudden Rush. 90 damage if there's three or less cards remaining in your deck, it does 150 more. That's just troll, so shout out to Orthworm. Even, well, I guess you draw instead of milling. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's It's... Good old Radiant Steelix. And then we get to our next multi-pricer. And our final multi-pricer. We have Bombardier EX. Um, have we done... Oh, no, we have yeah. done Bombardier. Yeah, it's poop. Yeah, it's sad boy. It's sad boy. And as I go down the list, really... Have we talked about Chantal? It might be the only uh, one we haven't talked about. Chantal. Uh, I don't think we did. It's always hard to comb back and see what cards were posted because there's always well, like fifteen. Well, like posts. there's like there was like we did talk about reverse um reverse bird keeper. Yep, but we didn't. I don't think we talked about Chantal. No, I, we just, I, well, we're talking about it now, but I might as well just go over yeah, it. That's true, that's true. They love our bickering and, and bantering. Chantal is a supporter. You flip a coin. If head, switch one of your opponent's benched into the active. If tail, switch your active with one of your benched. What a card. Anything past that? Nope. Man, imagine playing this card. I think the discussion, and I was trying to figure out if we should talk about it or not, was longer than actually talking about the card. I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, I'm trying to look and see if there's anything else. There's a couple reprints. Switch, Rick Handy, which are cards that will always be in the format. Um, outside of that, that's pretty much it for Raging Surf. So, looking back on it as a set, I think the most relevant cards are Golden Go EX, Jirachi, Baby Jirachi, Blocking Damage Counters, Garchomp, and is there anything else that's super relevant coming out of this set? Um, no, I don't. I don't. No, no. Well, I guess there's also the TMs. Yeah, right. The technical machines. This set has the ones where you search your deck for two energy cards, or the one that everyone's wondering about for three colorless snipe hundred to the bench. I think that's the big one. But I, obviously, we'll get this combined. 
with the others that we've been talking about. But this set seems to be okay. You know, Golden Go and Garchomp, I think, are playable decks. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, there's not really a whole lot. And that pretty much brings us to the end. So it's a shorter show today. Pretty easy. Again, none of the cards were super notable, but there's some worth just kind of poking around with. We do have an event coming up this weekend, so we will be covering that. I'm curious to see what gets revealed as we get closer to Peoria. Because once they reveal a set, it usually takes a while until we start getting more. Um, So things may slow down. But the good news is, if you're lucky enough or you were on top of it, you ordered to 151. So by the time you are listening to this show, you will be opening some of it. So hopefully you have the opportunity to do so. You didn't order any, did you? No. No. Do you want to? Uh, the only thing I really need from there is one Zapdos EX and one Mew EX. I think it'd be a fun product just to open again. Because you can get Alakazam and Kadabra. You can get that in the box. That's true. That's Oh, you're right. So I guess I guess you just if you can get it, get it. If I go to like my local Target that's like in the middle of nowhere and it ends up being there, because there's mm-hmm. a couple areas around me that are just obscure, I'll pick up a box. But I there's still quite a few scalpers out there. Um a lot of them went to Lorcana. So that's nice. They just went to the other expensive game. Yeah. Yeah, so good riddance. They can go over there. Joe? Well, they can do that while like the new like One Piece stuff comes out. They can just kind of distract away from that product. And I'll take that. I'm telling you, I think Lorcana sucked all of them up. Because of how expensive it is. Yeah, it's... Uh, looks like bad game. I don't think we're a Lorcana stand podcast. I don't no. think so. I don't think so. So, no, 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 no. Joe, on that note, what would you like to say to our listeners as we head into the weekend? Everybody have a good weekend. There you go. Everyone have a good weekend again. Hopefully you enjoy opening product if you get the chance to. Hopefully you are enjoying yourself, staying safe, enjoying your family and friends. Thank you so much for supporting us, and we will see you next time. <laughs>